Welcome to Truth Pod, the podcast that proclaims the truth of God's Word without shame or apprehension, where the Bible is the last word on any subject. I'm Russell, your host. Here we are again on Truth Pod. I want to start out by asking you a question What does it mean to be a Christian? Think about that for a few minutes. What does it mean to be a Christian? I know what it means to be a football player. I know what it means to be a baseball player. I know what it means to be a mechanic. I know what it means to be a a governor, a, a sheriff, you know, a police officer, a librarian. We know what these things mean. But what does it mean to be a Christian? That's a good question, isn't it? Everyone has their own opinion. I mean, if you ask... People walking down the street, just about every person you talk to will give you a different opinion about what it means to be a Christian. Let me say this as a disclaimer. I will not be able to talk about every detail that covers being a Christian. There'll be things I'll miss. Nor could I think of all the things or all the ways that would describe one. So I'll just do my best. Before I get started, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for being a Christian, a child of God, and uh, I pray that you would help me as I endeavor to explain what it means to be a Christian. I pray for your grace upon me and upon those who listen. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I work with uh, a lot of people that think that if uh, you go to church, that makes you a Christian. You know, if they attend, you know, Catholic Church and uh, or the Baptist Church or the Assembly of God or whatever church they attend, that makes them a Christian. Or some people believe that if you pay your tithe, you know, that giving 10% of your money every week, that makes you a Christian. Or if you give to the poor, you know, you're helping out the needy, you're putting money in the food bank or you're giving to the food bank you're giving food there or maybe church membership i remember uh oh early in my christian walk hearing about this one particular church that all you had to do to be a christian in that church was walk up and shake the pastor's hand wow yeah you know that's simple enough but it's not true Uh, i'll just throw that part in there (laughs) Being more, being a Christian is more than a title, you know. Um, although many people are content to leave it at that because it doesn't require involvement from them. Being a Christian is more than like a shingle hanging on your door saying "Doctor So and So," you know. So it's more than just a title. Being a Christian, you know, a lot of people are labeled Christians in the U.S. that aren't Christian that have they have no affiliation whatsoever with God, but because their moms were, or their dads were, or, you know, somebody were, they consider themselves to be. How about the flip side? How about if I don't do drugs, I don't drink alcohol, I don't cheat on my wife, or any other vice you could think of, whatever you can come up with, does that make me a Christian? Well, if that's the case, my dog is a shoe-in. He doesn't do any of those things. He doesn't chew. He doesn't curse. He doesn't cheat. You know, he does occasionally pee on the floor, though. 
<laughs> anyway, is what we do or what we refrain from doing, does that make us a Christian? Is it what we do or is it what we don't do? Does that make us a Christian? Anyway, listen to what Paul said about this in Titus 3 and 5. He saved us. Okay, saved just is just a Bible word from being or meaning being delivered us. Uh, he saved us from our sins. Okay, so he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, the English Standard Version. According to his own mercy, he saved us. Okay, so it says here by, Tide, or by Paul in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, that it isn't based on something I've done. My works are eliminated. They're out of the picture. Okay, and I'll, I'll also talk about this a little bit more later. Uh, but it says it's done because of his righteousness, his mercy. You know, the Bible tells us the first time believers were called Christians. It's in Antioch, and it says, And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. That's in Acts chapter 11, verse 26. In Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. This was a derogatory statement, though. When it was first used about them, the Romans used it to mock those who believed in the resurrection. It was a mockery. Uh, I can remember growing up, I hated being called red or anything to have to do with my hair. I was red-headed. I had bright red hair. If you know me now, I thank God I have a different color. It's gray. It didn't cost me anything, but I have a different color. So, you know, but I hated uh, being called red or, you know, those names. Uh, there's people, you know, that make fun of other people because they walk funny. So they'll call them names you know, or they look a little different than they do, and so they'll call them names, and um, it's abusive, and it's wrong, you know, so don't do it, all right, but anyway, um, I think the Romans here, they were making fun of these believers because they believed in a risen carpenter, a carpenter who had rose from the dead, and they were making fun of them and calling them Christians, Little Christ. Little Christ. Think about that. When you saw these people, they reminded you of Jesus. Christians. So even though it was a derogatory statement and it was meant to hurt them, I think God must have liked it. <laughs> and the reason I say I think God must have liked it is because it stuck. And now we wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, as a badge of privilege, you know, to be likened to Jesus in some small form, some small way, we're likened unto the master. So little Christ, I'll take it. How about you? I think the best way to be like Jesus is by spending time with him. It's why parents want their children to hang out with the right friends. You know, um, Growing up, my kids growing up, I wanted them to hang out with the right kids in school because I knew they'd be a good influence on them. If they hung out with the bad kids, you knew they were going to be a bad influence on them and they'd cause them to get in trouble. I remember one time, one of them caused uh, 
uh, one kid caused my son uh, to get in trouble, and uh, to this day, I believe my son was innocent, but of course, all of us parents do, right? But caused him to do something, and uh, he, my son was accused of it, and uh, my son said, I didn't do it, he, that the other boy had did it. And so, you know, that's what happens. We hang out sometimes with people, and, uh, you know, if they're bad influences, they can get us in trouble. So, if we want to be like Jesus, we need to spend time with Jesus. And that'll help us to become little Christ. This happened with Peter and John in Acts chapter 4, verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Peter and John. Now what the background to this is, Peter and John were headed to the temple one morning to pray. And this was after the resurrection, after Jesus had ascended into heaven. Peter and John were headed to the temple to pray. And on their way there, they met someone that asked for alms. He asked for money. You know, please give me money because I'm crippled. You know, I can't walk. I can't get around. Peter looked at the man and he said to him, we don't have any silver and gold, but what we do have will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter grabbed him by the hand and lifted, it, lifted him up. And it said that the crippled man's feet immediately received strength. So he immediately began to walk and leap. He went walking and leaping and praising God. And everybody, there were people standing around and they were all astonished. Well, you can't very well blame them, right? I mean, here was a guy who laid at the temple for years. I think it was some 30-some years. He had laid there at the temple. And um, here Peter and John came by and, you know, just lifted him up. And there he is. And um, so the people are gathered in the temple, and they're all excited because they went on into the temple to pray. People are all excited, and they're all, you know, hanging around John and Peter and and. Uh, these Pharisees come over, they were the Jewish leaders of their day, came over and said, what's this commotion all about? And Peter says, hey, if you're looking at us as if we healed this man, you're looking at the wrong people. It was Jesus of Nazareth that made this crippled man walk. And they were not happy about what Peter and John had to say. So they put him on trial, and that brought us to where we are. They perceived these men that they were uneducated. They weren't religiously educated. Peter was a fisherman. John was a fisherman. That was their background. And But Jesus had chosen them. And they walked with Jesus and got to know Jesus and fall in love with Jesus. And spending time with Jesus, they became like Jesus. Uh, Christian, if you will. Became like Jesus and miracles were happening through them. So they perceived that John and Peter were uneducated and common men, and they were astonished. Wow, how could this happen through these two nobodies? Let me tell you, people, God uses nobodies. You don't have to have a big name. You don't have to have a great career, a great education, or any of that stuff. All you have to do is be willing to walk with Jesus. Spend time with them. Spend time with them. So the disciples, 
not the original 12, but the new converts in verse 21, those in Antioch who turned to the Lord, they must have made some impact on their community. Can you imagine? Now, these are new believers. They're going to work, and they're working beside, let's say, Joe over here. They're working by Joe. This one guy's working by Joe. He had worked by Joe, say, like 10 years. Joe knew this guy, okay? Joe knew that this guy always swore. He always talked about how bad his wife was, always talked about how he'd like to be with some other woman. This man talked about, you know, how he'd like to cheat the company and get ahead. Joe heard this man say this for years, but all of a sudden now, something has changed in this man's life. When he's coming to work, he's no longer talking bad about his wife. He's no longer swearing. He's no longer talking about cheating or wanting to cheat the company or, you know, or any of those things. There's a change that's taken place. So they noticed a difference in these people. Now, you can't be a Christian and hide it like that without it coming out. I mean, once, you know, once it's out, I mean, once it's in you, it's going to start to come out some way or another. And uh, these new believers, you know, had an impact on their community. They weren't the same anymore. They were saved. They were Christians. So how'd they know who to turn to? You know, you got people today who follow Buddha, people who have little statues in their homes of this little fat guy, you know, and they, and they, walk by and they'll touch him for good luck or whatever that is, you know, whatever they do with that. Uh, okay. Or you got people who follow Muhammad and they follow all of his rules and regulations. Newsflash. All these people are still dead. We serve a risen Savior. His name is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay. As it is written in Romans 10.14, when I asked you how would they know who to follow, Paul said this, How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? So believers had to hear other believers telling them about Jesus. Actually, they weren't believers. I mean, these people... You know, sinners have to hear believers tell them about Jesus so that they can know that he's real and they can repent of their ways and they can become believers themselves. Paul says, how can they believe in him and whom they've never heard? If we don't tell people about Jesus, some people aren't going to ever hear. They blocked him out of their mind years ago. They don't go to church. They're not going to talk about him. They're not going to hear about him on TV. The news isn't going to talk about them. TV, if they talk about them, it's only going to be in a swear word. So if they're going to hear about Jesus, it's going to have to be from you and I. Okay, and how are they going to hear without someone preaching? Someone telling them about Jesus. All the religions in the world is man's attempt to reach God. I don't care what religion it is. Uh, there's some religions... I believe that it's uh, I believe that it's Islam. I'm not sure. Uh, some religions where you crawl on your knees, you know, up this up this hill. 
uh, and that's supposed to prove how humble you are and how much you're willing to suffer. You know, it's religious activity, okay? All the religions of this world is an attempt, or man's attempt, to reach God. And they're all based on human effort, our effort, what I can do, how much good I can do, you know. I remember being at work one day and I was talking with this man about uh, Christ and about salvation. And uh, I felt free to talk to him about salvation because he brought it up. It wasn't like I was proselyting. He brought it up. So we started talking about it. And he ended up saying, you know, that he believed that uh, his good works would get him to heaven. And I told him, I said, well, then how will you know when you have enough good works to get you into heaven? I think that's a good question for those depending on good works. How do you know if you've got enough good works? And then, you know, there's some that believe that it's um, based on any new number of things. It's other than good works. It's based on this or that, you know, their own ability, you know. Um, so it's religious activity. Christianity happened, okay, because God reached down to man and paid the price in full at Calvary. Okay, so religions is man's attempt to reach God. But Christianity happened because God reached down to man and paid the price in full at Calvary. Listen what Paul said about this in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not, of, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I told that guy this. I said that we're saved by grace, not by works, so therefore we can't boast. I mean, hey, if I could boast on my works, and it's my works that's getting me to heaven, and I could boast about that, then, you know, I mean, hey, you'd get sick of hanging around me, right? We'd get sick of hanging around anybody that's always talking how great they are. No, it is the grace of God that makes someone a Christian. They got to believe in what Jesus did at Calvary. They got to believe in the resurrection, you know, the atoning work on the cross, his death, and his resurrection. Believing on that makes them a Christian. Now, I remember hearing the uh, story about this one business owner. He would travel all the way from one side of the U.S., the East Coast, to the West Coast. He owned a businesses on both coasts. He would always drive the distance in a car because he was afraid of flying. Now, he believed in planes, but he would never get in one and fly in one. Till one day, he was forced to do so because something had happened, and he had to get on the plane and fly across the country to his business. When he got off the plane, someone asked him about it, and he said, well, I had to do it. He said, I don't know why I waited so long. I should have done it a long time ago. Listen, the idea is, is I can say I believe in Jesus, but until I put my trust in him, that means I'm willing to get on the plane, okay, and, and let him fly me. You know, go with him until I'm willing to do that. I'm not going to be changed. So the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So we are saved or begin our Christian life 
by grace through faith, but we're identified by our lifestyle. Okay, so we're saved by grace. We're saved because God's grace and his mercy, he sent Christ to die at Calvary and suffer on the cross and then rise again the third day. He did that so that our sins could be forgiven, okay? But it's our lifestyle that tells the story. It's Christ living in you and I, okay, that shows others that Jesus is alive, that we are Christians, all right, John or Jesus also said in John thirteen thirty five, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now there's a lot involved in this word love. There's generosity, forgiveness, grace, patience, faithfulness, and a lot more that could be mentioned. Okay, but they will know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. If you want to know what it means to be a Christian, follow Jesus. He'll make you one. Being a Christian means I have everlasting life. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Being a Christian means I have everlasting life. Being a Christian means I no longer walk in condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means I don't have to worry about being guilty anymore before God. My sins are forgiven. My sins are gone. So I have no more condemnation. Being a Christian means I have no more condemnation. Being a Christian means... I can have peace with God. Wow, think about that. Peace. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 5 and 1. Being a Christian means I can finally have peace and peace with God. Wow. Being a Christian means one day he's coming back for me. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 says this, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Being a Christian means he's coming back for me. Wow, think about that. All these things I just mentioned have everlasting life. No more condemnation. I'll have peace. Um, and, uh, and also that he, one day he's coming back for me. Think about that. If you don't know Jesus, you can have that by simply believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, putting all your trust in him and what he did at Calvary for you. I know I haven't covered all the bases about being a Christian, I haven't. I've mentioned a few things and uh, a few scriptures and, you know, and I'm sure you're sitting there and you're thinking, but you should have said this. And I probably should have. And maybe down the road, I will say that, you know, um, I know I haven't covered all the bases. So let me recommend a book. 
that'll tell you everything you need to know about becoming a Christian. You ready for this? <laughs> the Bible. The Bible will tell you everything you need to know about being a Christian. Open it up. Read it. I recommend that you read it today. Open to the book of John, chapter 1, and start reading right there in chapter 1 of John. And just read the first uh, three chapters, and it'll start telling you about being a Christian, telling you about Jesus, this wonderful Savior who loves you and wants to change your life as he's changed mine and millions and millions of others. Well, my time's done. I want to leave and, and uh, leave you with this, that um, God loves you and he wants to change your life and make you a Christian. So I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you until we meet again. God bless. Let me end this podcast by asking you this question. Do you know Jesus as your personal savior? If not, you can. He loves you and wants you to be a part of his family. The first thing for you to do is admit you're a sinner and you cannot save yourself. Second, believe that he died for you and ask him to forgive your sins. Third, thank him for saving you and commit to living the rest of your life for him. If you have any questions or prayer requests, just email me at truthpod at yahoo.com.